MSW Media. News with swearing. Daily beans, daily beans. Daily beans, daily beans. Hello. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Tuesday, May 11th, 2021. Today, the Biden administration revives health care protections for transgender people. The cyber ninjas are demanding Maricopa County passwords. An international group has hacked a U.S. pipeline using ransomware. New estimates are out for how many Americans actually died of COVID. Fauci said the U.S. is unlikely to see COVID surges this winter. Kevin McCarthy has endorsed Elise Stefanik to replace Liz Cheney uh, as the number three Republican in the House. And there's new polling out for Biden's approval ratings and they're good. I'm A.G. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Hey, Dana, how's it going? Um, it is good. It is, you know, everything is everything is fine today. When you read the, the intro, Elise Stefanik always sounds like, like um, Stefa- Gwen Stefani's evil sister-in-law. <laughs> like, just close <laughs> enough, but not. <laughs> now I have to think of some uh, No Doubt uh, parodies for Elise Stefanik instead of Gwen Stefani. Totally. I bet we could get some. Yeah. All the listeners out there, if you want to write a No Doubt parody for Elise Stefanik, <laughs> now's your time. Yeah, we could do spider webs. You could, you know, I'm walking into insurrection. <laughs> Leave a message and I'll call you back. Yeah, we could do all kinds of things. <laughs> I, though, I bet. Elise Stefanik is clearly a hollaback girl, the way that she's changing her tune uh, and supporting Trump. Oh, yeah. Now, there are more stories that came out today, including Biden's new Scientific Integrity Task Force, which I'm super excited about. And that's going to review science policies to make sure they're based in science. (laughs) And, uh, of course, a new uh, Department of Homeland Security Task Force looking into creating an early warning system for domestic violent extremism based on social media posts and whatnot. Uh, But I'm going to be taking a deep dive into those stories with Andrew Torres tomorrow on Clean Up on Aisle 45. So I didn't want to repeat them here. And we're going to go into super, you know, super depth uh, uh, on that podcast. So listen wherever you get your podcasts. So good. It's going to be so good. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, our special guest is Rachel Vindman. I mean, if you don't follow Rachel on Twitter, everyone, you are missing (laughs) the boat. She is absolutely brilliant. She is Fighting. she's quick she's funny as hell mm-hmm. yeah yeah just do it do yourself a favor you can thank me later yes she is quite amazing all right when she yep that's tomorrow on clean up on l45 so check that out now uh uh we have so much news to get to let's do that let's hit the hot notes hot notes yeah what are we here for oh yeah the news, the news. uh well It looks like the cyber ninjas are now demanding access to government internet routers and passwords. And I can hear Jenny Cohn in my ear right now screaming, no! Uh, And the Maricopa County Sheriff has called this mind-numbingly reckless and irresponsible. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Their reviews on Yelp are just getting worse, aren't they? (laughs) And a threat to law enforcement. Yeah, do you have to be an expert Yelper to to, uh, put in an entry about the cyber ninjas? Because that would be fun. Ooh, we should set up if they don't have a Yelp, we should set one up for them. We and get should people definitely. <laughs> oh my God. Someone just paused. I guarantee someone just paused the podcast and just popped onto Yelp. Uh, send us the link. Uh, you could send it to hello at MullerSheWrote.com. Now, this is Sheriff Paul Penzone. He's a Democrat. 
He said in a statement that providing router information to a shadowy private company led by a conspiracy-embracing CEO would compromise sensitive and highly classified law enforcement data and equipment. Quote, the Senate Republican caucus's audit of the Maricopa County votes from last November's election has no stopping point, he said. Now, its most recent demands jeopardize the entire mission of the Maricopa County Sheriff's Office. In addition, citizens' private information, including voting histories, addresses, phone numbers, social security numbers, all of that could fall into the hands of the cyber ninjas. Dun, dun, dun. As we know, that is the company hired by the GOP-led Senate to conduct this recount. In response to uh, Senate subpoenas last week, County Attorney, uh, I think his name's Alistair Adele, explained in a letter, hello, sorry, uh, explained in a letter that turning over the requested router or, or virtual images of routers not only poses a significant security risk to the sheriff's office, but it also puts sensitive confidential data belonging to voters, including the social security numbers and protected health information at risk as well. And that's in a report from the Arizona Republic. Access to the routers, quote, might compromise county and federal law enforcement efforts to put the lives of law enforcement personnel and put the lives of law enforcement personnel at risk, uh, Adele added. Um, seems like a big thing for the GOP to put law enforcement lives at risk, even though... No, come on. They're, you know what I'm talking about, the Blue Lives Matter crew? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Unless they're, you know, unless they're protecting the Capitol or, you know, in this case, or, you know... There, the list goes on. Yeah, let's 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 bludgeon this police officer with a flagpole uh, that has a Blue Lives Matter flag attached to it. That's pretty much what's happening here. Uh, it's of note that this audit is being conducted at Veterans Memorial Coliseum, and they're they're going to have to move this audit soon. And and the Department of Justice and others, the sheriff, uh, they're concerned, and Hobbs, Secretary of State, are concerned about the security of the ballots in that move and how and the security of the ballots as they are now. Because right now, Dana, in the parking lot of Veterans Memorial Coliseum is something called the Crazy Circus. <laughs> Stop it! I I am not kidding. Uh, and, and that's, I'm not talking about the audit. I'm not talking about cyber ninjas. I'm talking about something called the crazy circuit circus. And, and also starting soon, are there going to be a bunch of high school graduations, commencement ceremonies in Veterans Memorial Coliseum? And, uh, and so they're, they're storing the ballots that they're only being protected by an eight foot tall, uh, like chain link fence with no barbed wire or locks or anything like that so you've got crazy circus people literally and high schoolers running around so you're telling me the man on stilts from the crazy circus can just lean over the fence and grab the ballots is what you're saying yeah you know the people who get suspended by metal hooks they can just crane them in there and they can grab as many ballots as they want oh and like high school graduates aren't going to tear down a fence come on i know i know maybe not the valedictorian but somebody who graduated 253rd like myself (laughs) okay i have good news and i like when i have good news The Biden administration said Monday it would provide protections against discrimination in healthcare based on gender identity and sexual orientation, reversing a policy of its predecessors that had been a priority for social conservatives and had infuriated civil liberties act um, advocates. Let me also point out uh, it was a very important case that the right lost in court. So this isn't just like we're pulling this out of our ass. This has been established. Uh, the reversal is a victory for transgender people and undoes what had been a significant setback in the movement for LGBTQ rights. Now, the shift pertains to healthcare providers and other organizations that receive funding from the Department of Health and Human Services. 
So civil rights groups had said the former guy's policy would allow healthcare workers and institutions, as well as insurers, to deny services to transgender individuals. Also, flash forward to all of the fucking states losing their mind, thinking that it was okay to do that legally as well. Now, back to the story. The reversal is the latest step Biden officials are taking to reorient the federal government's posture on healthcare, the environment, and other policy areas away from the conservative cast of the former guy error, era, <laughs> error and era, <laughs> we're leaving it, replacing it with a more progressive stance. So, since the ACA was created in 2010, an ideological debate has raged over what forbidden discrimination based on, quote, on sex means. Now, Obama officials had interpreted it to include protections for people who are transgender. Because of court challenges and injunctions, the Obama interpretation never went into effect, AG. So now the former guy goes in. And that, we saw all hell break loose with that. The idea of broadening anti-discrimination safeguards to cover LGBTQ rights was vigorously opposed by religious liberty advocates and other social conservatives, as we've seen. So in 2019, the former guy's officials in the HHS's Office of Civil Rights proposed a rewrite of the definition in a way that literally omitted protections based on gender and sexual orientation in federal funded programs run by the department. I, I would just I would just like to repeat that this was the Office for Civil Rights yes. within the Health and Human Services Department. Correct. And I think at the time, uh, actually, I'm not I don't the, who was in charge of the DOJ? Was it the Keebler elf at the time? So there was no one was speaking up for this. Okay. In 2019, it was Barr. Oh, it was Barr ready. All right. So HHS said at the time that those anti-discrimination provisions apply only to, quote, male or female as determined by biology. But, and this is what I was talking about, the Supreme Court ruled that a landmark 1960s federal civil rights law protects gay and transgender workers, period. This was in the last, well, I've lost all sense of time, but I think the last year. It was after Amy Cohen got in. I know that. Um, or, yeah, Amy Coney Barrett. Yeah, yeah, Amy Coney Barrett. So with litigation still underway on the question of what on the basis of sex means, the official said HHS's Office for Civil Rights would obey any injunctions now in effect in limited circumstances, plus future court decisions. Still, the official said the department's move Monday marks the first time that the broader anti-discrimination interpretation will largely be able to be enforced. This is a big deal. I don't know if you remember a few episodes ago when everyone was touting Biden, and as was I, for saying that he's got the back of transgender and non-binary individuals in our country. I said, put your money where your mouth is, and he's doing it. This is action, people. This is action. Here it is. And they're, and they're not rewriting the law. No. They're interpreting the law as the Supreme Court found it to be. So as it should it's amazing. Be. Now, uh, one of the largest U.S. fuel pipelines remained largely paralyzed Monday after a ransomware cyber attack forced a temporary shutdown of all operations late last week. This is an incident that laid bare vulnerabilities in the U.S.'s aging energy infrastructure. Uh, the victim of the attack, Colonial Pipeline, because, you know, Ben Franklin and pipelines is a big thing, uh, <laughs> is a company that, that transports more than 100 million gallons of gasoline and other fuel daily from Houston to the New York Harbor. Uh, not directly into the harbor, just so you know. Uh, while the latest incident is... As she spills the tea. Mm -hmm. Spill the tea, AG. <laughs> Give us the tea. 
Hmm. While the latest incident is believed to be tied to a criminal group, and it is, uh, it underscores the cybersecurity risks to critical infrastructure. The FBI confirmed Monday the criminal group originating from Russia named Darkside is responsible for the Colonial Pipeline cyber attack. Quote, the FBI confirms that the Darkside ransomware is responsible for the compromise of the Colonial Pipeline networks. We continue to work with the company and our government partners on the investigation. Neuberger said Monday that there does not appear to be any ties between Darkside and the Russian government. They're just based out of Russia. Uh-huh. That happens all the time. Uh, though the U.S. intelligence community continues to assess the situation. Good. Thank you, Avril Haines. <laughs> Please let us know. When asked if the group has ties to Russia or any other Eastern European criminals, Neuberger said the current belief is that Darkside is working as a criminal actor. Now, this threat isn't new. And Jen Psaki wasn't afraid to imply that the private company, Colonial Pipeline, I would love to see their logo. Does it have Ben Franklin in it? I'm going to have to look it up. <laughs> uh, needs to get its shit together. Because this is a well-known threat. Like, she was like, hmm, yeah, we've known about this for a while, Colonial Pipeline, and you shit the bed on this. We'll keep an eye on this reporting, though. Oh, I love my Jen Psaki. Me too. Okay, this last story is going to be a little bit shocking to some and not to others. Um, a new study estimates that the number of people who have died from COVID-19 in the U.S. is more than 900,000 people. That's a number 57% higher than official figures. Now, worldwide, the study's authors say the COVID-19 death count is nearly 7 million more than double the reported number of 3.24 million. So the analysis comes from researchers at the University of Washington's Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation, who looked at excess mortality from March 2020 through May 2021, compared it with what would be expected in a typical non-pandemic year, then adjusted those figures to account for a handful of other pandemic-related factors. The group reached its estimates by calculating excess mortality based on a variety of sources, including official death statistics from various countries, as well as academic studies of other locations. Now, then it examined other mortality factors influenced by the pandemic. For example, um, some of the extra deaths were caused by increased opioid overdoses or deferred health care. Now, on the other hand, the dramatic reduction in flu cases last winter and a modest drop in deaths caused by injury resulted in lower mortality in those categories than usual. So there was less flu deaths, not surprising. We understand why. Yeah. So yeah, we had we had a, a whole lot of a fewer because when they were making their estimates before, it was based on the fact of a normal flu season. Right. But because we were all wearing wearing masks and staying indoors, we didn't have we had an exceptionally low flu season, and there weren't as many injury related deaths because we were all staying inside and being <laughs> careful, and we didn't want to do anything that would have to make us go to the hospital. Right. You know? Oh yeah. I'm, the last thing I think most people want to do is end up in urgent care, so we all just stayed hunkered down in our apartments. Yeah. Um, so researchers at UWAG ultimately concluded that the extra deaths not directly caused by COVID-19 were effectively offset by the other reductions in death rates, now leaving them to attribute all of the net excess deaths to the coronavirus. And our doctor, Dr. Fauci, said Sunday that the U.S. is unlikely, this is good news, is unlikely to see a surge of COVID-19 infections over the fall and winter like it did last year, pointing to the widespread availability of vaccines as a game changer that would prevent future surges. Also, he said that some Americans may, quote, elect to continue wearing masks in public for at least part of the year, 
I'm one of them, particularly during flu season, due to the success health officials saw in preventing the spread of the seasonal flu as a result of mask mandates. How great is that? I do not mind wearing a mask and keeping myself out of bed for... Oh, the flu is awful. Yeah. Awful. And although the CDC currently recommends that fully vaccinated people should still wear a mask indoors... Fauci has predicted those guidelines should soon be lifted. I said indoors, people. Mm. That Mm -hmm. is awesome. Mm. Now, also in COVID news today, the FDA has approved. This is awesome. The FDA, FDA, as I said, has approved the Pfizer vaccine for 12 to 15-year-olds. So the light at the end of the tunnel is getting brighter and brighter. Yep. And I should say that that is emergency use authorization. And we're also expecting emergency use authorization for 2 to 11-year-olds at the end of the summer, September-ish. So good news, good news. And finally, there's more good news. A new Associated Press poll shows that 63% of U.S. adults approve of Biden's overall performance. 63% approval rating. And um, by the way, Trump left office at 29 and nev- <laughs> never cracked never cracked 42, just so you know. And get this, 71% of Americans approve of his handling of the pandemic. That includes 47% of Republicans, and that is unheard of. Now, despite all that, despite this huge support for what's going on right now, Leader McCarthy has officially endorsed Elise Stefanik to take over the number three position in the House Republican caucus as they plan to oust Liz Cheney by vote this Wednesday. It is truly incredible to watch the GOP abandon, totally abandon their constituents for loyalty to one man. It makes you wonder what he has on them. You know? Yeah, I, d- I do know. She she wasn't like this. This is the thing. She 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 had actually voted um, for some fairly liberal um, bills back in the day before, I think it was the impeachment hearing. And that's when she all of a sudden came out of the woodwork, mm. uh, you know, for as, as a former guy supporter. And you're like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. But man, she went full throttle into it. Liz Cheney has voted with Trump way more often than Elise Stefanik has. Yeah. It's weird. All right, we'll be right back with Adam Klasfeld. We're going to discuss a plea agreement with a former Trump State Department appointee for his participation in the insurrection. Stay with us. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG, and today's episode of The Pod is brought to you by Helix Sleep. As you know, I have had trouble sleeping over the past four years, as I'm sure many of you have. I thought it was because of the former guy. But it turns out I had a garbage mattress. It wasn't designed to my specifications. But Helix Sleep stepped in and saved the day. They recognize that each of us sleeps differently, and they customize our mattresses to fit us in the way we sleep best. Helix Sleep created a sleep quiz that takes two minutes to complete. They use the answers to match your body type and sleep preferences to the very perfect mattress for you. Uh, If you like a mattress that's uh, plush or firm, or if you sleep on your side or your back, or if you sleep really hot or cool, with Helix, they're is a specific mattress for each and everyone's unique taste. I was matched with the Helix Midnight because I like a medium firm bed and I sleep on my side. And I'm so grateful that Helix has solved my sleep issues and given me restful nights again, but you don't have to take my word for it, even though I'm telling you it is the best mattress I've, I've ever owned. And I've owned the really, really, you know, some really fancy ones. They don't come close. But Helix was actually awarded number one best overall mattress pick of 2019 and then again in 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. So just go to helixsleep.com dailybeans, take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. You have a 10-year warranty, and you get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll pick it up for you if you don't love it. There's no risk, but you will love it. I swear you will love it. And Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders for listeners at helixsleep.com slash dailybeans. That's helix, H-E-L-I-X, sleep.com slash dailybeans for up to $200 off. 
Hey, everybody. Welcome back. So there was a status hearing this morning in the D.C. District Court for Federico Klein. That is a former Trump appointee accused of attacking police with a riot shield and inciting the mob inside the Capitol tunnels, that tunnel system that goes under the Capitol during the insurrection. And joining us today to discuss is host of the Objections podcast, and he works over for Law and Crime Adam Klasfeld. Adam, welcome. Thank you for having me again. Yeah, no problem. And I wanted to bring you on because you've been following uh, these cases closely. And uh, tell us who Federico Klein is. So Federico Klein's a former, as you mentioned, former Trump staffer uh, who worked with the State Department's Office of Brazilian and Southern Cone Affairs. And he was one of the charged capital rioters. Uh, the prosecutors say he was on the front lines. And his case was so disturbing to the federal magistrate that first heard his detention hearing that the federal magistrate, this was uh, Magistrate Judge uh, Zia Faruqi, originally ordered him to remain in jail, saying that he violated the oath that he took as a U.S. government official, and he essentially went to the other side. And so it was very strong words to keep him in jail because of his being in what prosecutors in the FBI called the front lines of the January 6th siege. Now, a lot has happened since that time. Uh, and most notably, one of the things that happened is Klein is no longer in jail. And the complicated reason for that is there was a D.C. Circuit ruling in a different case. Uh, your listeners might be familiar with uh, Eric Munchell, better known as the zip tie guy. He's a guy who was uh, hopping around the Senate building, uh, carrying plastic uh, tactical restraints. And this was another accused capital rioter who originally was kept in jail, but the D.C. Circuit got to the case. They said uh, freedom is the norm, not detention for pretrial uh, for pretrial defendants. And they basically heightened the bar that it would take to uh, keep these charged rioters in jail. And so that decision in the Munchell case, when Munchell and his remember his mother, the zip tie guy's mother, was also an accused capital rider. The same decision that freed them, a uh, boomerang to uh, a number of uh, capital rioters' benefits. One of them was Klein. So he's now out on bond, and he had a status conference this morning. So I want to just talk about Zip Tie Guy's case uh, for a, for a quick second. You say DC Circuit, DC Circuit Court of Appeals. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, was it a three judge panel that made that ruling that freedom was the default? Yes, it was. But there was a remarkable amount of you know they the there was a split on it, but the split was over the two judges who believed that he should have a follow-up hearing that the standard releasing him was that they wanted the trial judge to adopt another standard. And they won. That ultimately released him. The third judge wanted to release him right away. So you had a three-judge panel that were that both, basically all three judges provided the ruling that would have resulted in Munchell's release. But uh, one of them, the majority chose the slower route. But 
in any event. <laughs> but do you happen to so, know, and this, this, you know, in in the uh, before times, <laughs> uh, it wouldn't matter who appointed these judges, but do you know who those the, that three-judge panel uh, was comprised of and who appointed them? You know, this was one that went across, largely across partisan lines. Um, I'm referring back to the coverage here. Uh, one of them was a Barack Obama appointee. Another one was a Bill Clinton appointee. These were the judges who were in the majority who essentially gave Munchell and his mother another shot at freedom under the different standard. The third member of the panel was a Trump appointee, and uh, that Trump appointee said he would have just released him outright. Um, so the end result was the same. The D.C. Circuit adopted a tougher standard and a tougher standard that upset some of the district court judges. I believe Beryl Howell, the chief district judge of uh, the District of D.C., was very critical of what that did. But it had a very uh, expansive effect on what it meant for accused rioters who've been charged in the January 6th insurrection. It gave them a lot of opportunities to file motions for pretrial release, because if Munchell, the guy who was seen carrying these tactical restraints in those famous photos coming out of the U.S. Senate is in military gear, uh, it if this decision could win him his freedom, uh, so many others correctly thought that it would benefit them. One of them was Klein. And so he took, after the Munchell decision, he renewed his motion for bond. He took it to the district judge, the judge that was presiding over today's hearing, John Bates. And John Bates, while respecting the work of the magistrate judge, essentially said after Munchell, uh, he passes this, he meets a standard. Um, and which is, yeah, which is why he's free today or under restrictions. Is there any uh, indication that prosecutors with the Department of Justice would file to have the, the Munchell case reheard on bonk uh, to the entire panel of the D.C. Circuit Court? Or is it kind of too late at this point? Because they're all out and free and hanging out and being dicks. Mm -hmm. uh, to, to be quite honest, I haven't heard word about that one way or another. Uh, there's been no reporting that I'm aware of that the Department of Justice has made any on bonk petition uh, so far as that goes. But it when, what we do know, there has been a different D.C. Circuit appeal on the detention issue that went the other way. So there was a bit of a pendulum swing. It's not that post-Munchell, uh, every single accused capital rioter is out on bond. It just sort of elevated the standard. It and then, you know, it started with the Munchell decision essentially uh, relaxing the standard for pretrial release, and then a later ruling tightened it back up again. Uh, and that's where things stand. Okay. Now, I want to talk a little bit about the hearing this morning, but I have to take a quick break. Will you stay with me? Of course. Thank you very much. One of these days, somebody's just going to be like, no. And then I'll, <laughs> I'll be like, all right, well, I'll finish this up later. But thank you. We'll be right back after this. Stay, stay with us, everybody. <laughs> 
Hey everybody, it's AG from The Beans, and this portion of the show is brought to you by Credit Karma. If you're looking to improve your finances in 2021, then I highly recommend checking out Credit Karma. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions, and now they want to help even more with Credit Karma money spend accounts. You can be rewarded for your good money habits. When you use your Credit Karma money debit card, you can win daily instant karma purchases, which is reimbursements on items of up to $5,000. Just pay with your debit card and you'll win. You'll be notified on the spot, and your instant karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Credit Karma money has already given away over $3 million in Instant Karma to over 50,000 Credit Karma members and counting. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance required, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. Credit Karma money. Progress starts here. So do it right now. Visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Winmoney is all one word, and you can do that to open your free account and start winning Instant Karma. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank, Inc. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Everybody, welcome uh, welcome back. We're talking with Adam Klassfeld from Law and Crime, also host of the podcast Objections. Uh, and uh, we are discussing now uh, Federico Klein, former State Department Trump appointee who was uh, detained, remanded, but then let go because of the zip tie guy's decision, setting a higher bar for, for remanding insurrectionists. Uh, and we know where that sits now. Thank you for giving us that information. And now I want to talk a little bit about about uh, Klein's hearing uh, this morning. How did that go? So it was a very brief hearing. It was on and over in about 15 minutes, but a very dramatic uh, revelation occurred in the middle of it where the prosecutor just said that we plan to offer the defendant a, a, a plea offer. We plan to extend a plea offer. And the details of it were very thin. Uh, The prosecutor added right after that that she doesn't know whether the defendant, Klein, will be interested in that plea offer. Uh, I should caution, you know, this is fairly routine, particularly on a docket with hundreds of defendants that is the Capitol riot docket. Well, that's what I was going to ask, right? Because a lot of people hear a plea agreement and they think cooperating against Roger Stone right. or, or something. Of but we need to be very clear that a lot of these plea deals are being offered uh, because, well, first of all, they might be able to gather information about funding and recruitment and things like that. But it might a lot of these aren't for cooperation deals to roll on bigger fish. Most of these are just to because you can't have 500 cases on the on a single court docket. I know it's the rocket docket and all that. Or wait, no, that's that's, that's Eastern New York. District. Yeah, of Virginia, actually. That's Eastern District of Virginia. That's right. The the half of the Manafort. Of crimes. course. <laughs> Uh, we're, we're on that one. Uh, but uh, it, it would take years to have 500 trials, right? Absolutely. So they're just saying there. And, and you know, I, I imagine that some of these plea deals to get them to plead uh, have to include, you know, lesser charges than they could face in a full trial. So it's almost like. Uh, it's it's kind of frustrating because they're not coming at them with the full force of the law simply because they can't. Right. I mean, there's a very there's the practical side of the case talking and the prosecution. I mean, there's a, a number of cases, not this one, uh, have involved offenses that essentially amount to 
being present inside the Capitol illegally, being in restricted spaces. Obviously, this case is a little bit uh, bigger than that one. Uh, That said, anytime you have a docket that has hundreds of cases, once you're into the three figures, there's a practical effect of a prosecutor's office will have limited resources. So I would caution listeners and readers that it is fairly routine and not unexpected that prosecutors would offer a plea deal. The prosecutor was very clear that she doesn't know whether Klein will even be interested in the plea deal. We don't know the terms of the plea deal uh, that they may extend. There are a lot of unknowns here, but it goes to show that the prosecutors are, as has been widely reported, trying to dispose of these cases quickly in a very large docket. Um, We've already had a guilty plea in another capital riot case. And so we're probably, when in these status conferences, as they pop up, the kind of question of, will the prosecutors try to negotiate with the accused rioters will become, I anticipate, a more frequent theme. Yeah. And I mean, I can see, you know, wanting to go to trial with some of these Oath Keeper leaders, Proud Boys leaders, uh, you know, who are being charged with or they're pursuing charges of seditious conspiracy uh, and want to cooperate with them because they are going to have more information on funding and recruitment and and possibly some bigger fish. Uh, but but and I can see on the opposite end of that spectrum, uh, you know, uh, Joe Blow, who was in the Capitol, oh, you know, that day trespassing and violent entry, whatever, uh, you know, be, being given a, a plea offer to get him out of the way. But the fact that this is a Trump appointee from the State Department, it seems weird to group him into the rush him through the docket, let him go. Uh, however, I mean, he it may just be totally coincidental that he happened to work for the State Department and was a Trump appointee and and was there. Uh, so it just I don't know. It just feels like this would be more on more toward the Oath Keeper Proud Boy mm-hmm. side than than the uh, than the Joe Blow that was just happened to be in the Capitol following a bunch of people who broke windows. Right. And I think part of it will depend on just what do prosecutors know? Um, I mentioned earlier that his case, Klein's case, was heard by the district judge after this Munchell decision. In the judge's ruling, when he was reconsidering it, they took a look at the evidence that prosecutors had amassed. And part of it is, you know, what he said in the body cam videos. And one of the things that he was heard saying is, we need fresh people. Uh, which is suggesting that he's doing, uh, prosecutors have argued, some sort of leadership role. He's in the front lines, described by prosecutors as the front lines. But it's a question of what do prosecutors know about if he was coordinating, what kind of coordination is he doing? The judge in his ruling that ultimately uh, released him from pretrial detention said that he a lot of his words in the body cam video were inaudible. So that could factor into plea negotiations if they don't know exactly what he was doing in the front lines because the body cam videos are unclear. That could affect it. Nevertheless, the judge was very clear. This was someone on the front lines 
uh, he can be seen actively advancing himself to the front of the tunnel on more than one occasion. That's from his ruling uh, that he said it was a close call, but under precedent, releasing him before trial. Yeah. And if you don't have those clear communications, intent is always a very high uh, bar to prove. And if you're just going to get them on, on violent entry and trespassing, that groups them on that other side of the, you know, the Joe Blow side and not the, you know, the Enrique Tarrio <laughs> side or whatever. So it's like um, prosecutors are not going to bring a case they can't win, nor are they going to bring a case they can win, but will lose on appeal. Right. Uh, we know that from from following the all the the Mueller the Mueller stuff. I mean, they couldn't even they couldn't even corner Don Jr. because he was too dumb to crime. They couldn't go to intent there. So, uh, you know, if if these are in inaudible uh, things that he's saying, in unintelligible things, and and they don't have they don't have enough to prove that kind of intent or to to bring higher charges than the simple charges that that he was picked up on. And there's no sort of conspiracy within the State Department to have like you know if Trump didn't tell Pompeo to send Klein in, you know, <laughs> then we don't really have anything that 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 they can go on in, in this case. And so I could see this, uh, I could see this pleading out to those lesser charges and possibly not even seeing any jail time or very little jail time, especially if it's his first offense. Right. Plus the prosecutors did not say what plea offer, you know, we didn't, they didn't say we'll offer him a cooperation agreement, (laughs) plead to all of the, everything that we charged and we will recommend you have the lighter side of, you know, I mean, this could be, this is, we caught a very small glimpse of the prosecution's possibilities here. They could be offering him a very light way out to get a quick conviction, or they could be offering him, uh, you know, throw yourself upon the mercy of the court and help us catch the bigger fish sort of thing. It, there, There is very little in the public record as to just what they are strategizing at this point, whether he will have any interest. We just know that they are uh, open to the possibility of resolving the case at this early stage. Right. Um, yeah. My my hypothesis, my guess is that this isn't like a, a Biggs Donahoe uh, style uh uh, plea agreement. That's. I think it's probably much less than that. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, it 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 just happens to suck that he's a Trump appointee who worked at the State Department, and you're like, dude. Uh, and and of course he would be fired if he were still working there. There would be those consequences. Uh, but yet here we are. Well, I thank you for your time. Uh, everybody, check out the Objections podcast and uh, definitely read Law and Crime. You follow Adam Klasfeld on Twitter to get the latest on these hearings. I appreciate uh, you coming on and explaining this to us today, especially that Munchell decision, because that really had an impact on a lot of uh, a lot of the pretrial detention. Thank you. Always a pleasure coming on. All right, everybody stick around. We'll be right back with the good news. Hey, everybody, it's AG, and this segment of The Beans is brought to you by Allform. You heard me talk about Helix Sleep up at the top and how they have the best mattresses ever. Well, Allform has got furniture for the rest of your house. They create high-quality furniture and sofas and love seats and sectionals, and it's got free shipping, and it's fast, and it's easy, and it's amazing. You get to customize your own luxury furniture using premium materials, but at a fraction of the cost of traditional stores. With Allform, you pick your fabric, which is spill-stain and scratch-resistant, the leg finish, the color of the fabric, the sofa size, the shape, the configuration to make sure it's 
that's perfect for you. I picked out a three-seater sofa with whiskey-colored leather and a walnut-leg finish with a chaise lounge on the side. Came in a couple days. I put it together myself with no tools. Three to seven days in the mail. And it's just, I absolutely love it. It's roomy and modern, and my favorite part is it's designed to my specifications. It fits my house perfectly. The other great thing is how incredibly fast Allform delivers. Like I said, three to seven days. If you want to order a sofa from a traditional store, it could take weeks or months to arrive. And you have to someone come have someone come assemble it in your home. But like I said, all form, no tools necessary, three to seven days in the mail. And what's cool is you can always start small and add on later. So if your family grows or your house gets bigger, that works out. It's very functional and also very, you know, interchangeable. That's just, it's so cool. And you get 100 days to decide if you want to keep it. That's more than three months. And if you don't love it, they'll pick it up for free and give you a full refund. So there's no risk. And they have a forever warranty, literally forever. So to find your perfect sofa, check out allform.com slash dailybeans. And Allform is offering 20, 20 20% off all orders for listeners at allform.com slash dailybeans. And the show today is also brought to you by Caliper CBD. And since I started taking Caliper CBD, I've noticed a marked improvement in my stress levels, my overall sense of calm. I've had lessening of pain and soreness after workouts, and I'm able to fall asleep easier. And the best part of Caliper CBD is I get all the benefits without drastically changing my routine, because why add stress when you're trying to relieve stress? It's convenient. They've created an easy-to-use, effective CBD powder, which is uh, the only clinical, clinically proven fast-acting CBD. Rather than taking oil that you hold under your tongue that tastes weird, Caliper created a dissolvable powder that delivers 30 times more CBD in the first 30 minutes alone. Uh, Some CBD oils can take over an hour, by the way. Caliper CBD was developed by food and science experts, and it's regularly tested for purity and quality. Uh, There's no weird tastes, no oily residue. It mixes easily in any food or drink. And it comes in these convenient 20 milligram packets, so you know exactly how much CBD you're taking. It's all natural, vegan, non-GMO, free of fillers and added chemicals and artificial flavors. So get 20% off your first order when you use promo code DAILYBEANS at trycaliper.com slash dailybeans. You can try Caliper CBD risk-free for 30 days. If you don't love it, they'll give you a full refund. Again, no risk. That's trycaliper.com slash dailybeans. And don't forget promo code DAILYBEANS for 20% off your first order. All right, everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. And if you have good news, confessions, corrections, misheard lyrics, swears to share, limericks, what the mutt, hide the cat, anything you want to send to us, you can send it to us at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. That's where you send it in. If you have any new games that we we might want to play, I'm down for that as well. I love haikus. Just saying. (laughs) All right. First up from Natalie, pronoun (laughs) from Natalie, pronoun she and her. After over a year, I finally got to hug my mom again. My mom and I both got our second shots in time for Mother's Day, so I made the drive down to her house on Sunday and gave her a huge hug. I didn't know how much I missed a good mom hug until I went so long without one. Sending love to you wonderful ladies and all the Beans listeners around the world. Thank you, Natalie. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and take the second one as well. Do it. From Virginia, pronouns she and her. Invite your friends to a vax party. Plan for it as soon as your reluctant friends are two weeks past their second shots and make it wonderful. Knowing that your friends are doing something is a great motivator. I have been invited to a vaccine party in June, so I agree with her. It's exciting, and they're being very specific. Got to have your vaccine card or a picture of yourself with your vaccine card, and they're making this adults only this time because there's kiddos running around still that have germs or possibility of germs, so I think it's a great idea. Thank you, Virginia, for that. Yep, you want to do that vaccine FOMO, right? That's right. Show them what they're missing and start posting. 
post on socials. All right. This is from Robin New England, pronouns he and him. Hello, AG and everyone at the Beans HQ. Regular listener, since the MSW kitchen days here, let me offer a misheard lyric and then I'll clean out the desk drawer of my mind. First, when I was a kid in the mid-1970s, Billy Joel was a favorite pop singer of mine, but every so often the enunciation was a bit suspect. <laughs> so in the middle of Just the Way You Are, he sings, I don't want, uh, uh, wait, sorry about that. I don't want, yeah. don't want, cle- you got it. It's, okay. I don't want clever conversation. Oh, you should definitely have sung this one. <laughs> Now, but to this day, I think it still sounds equally like what I heard at age 11, which was, I don't want clever compensation. (laughs) I mean, fair. (laughs) Who wants clever compensation? Dimly at at age 11, I wonder why he was expecting his one true love to surreptitiously... (laughs) Surreptitiously slip him a buck or two. We're leaving it. Next, a moment of admiration for a moment from last Thursday's podcast. A Johnny Dangerously audio drop. Specifically, my mother grabbed me once, once, in the middle of the don't muck with the Cheney story. Bravo. I thought I might be the one single person on earth who thought that movie was funny. (laughs) It's a beautiful movie. And in fact, when I put that on Twitter, I did get a lot of people responding with Johnny Dangerously gifs. Rob, you'd be you'd be happy to know. Hilarious. All right. Next. Thanks for all you do. All the work you do. Daily Beans is a soundtrack to the early morning walks that I take. A pair of two-mile laps around the extreme outside edges of a local shopping mall parking lot where nobody else is when AG and DG or Amy are finished, so am I. Lastly, no pet tax currently available, but I promise to make up for it in the future. Sometime in the next year or so, I'm likely to have not one, but four cats living in my house. Now, um, how I know this is too long of a story for an hour podcast. Thanks again. Wow, Robin New England. I know, going from no to four cats. Grew up on Billy Joel, knows Johnny dangerously, and is about to have four cats. Are you single, Rob? Are you single in there, over there in New England? Because I have a friend. I'm asking for a friend. Okay, (laughs) next up. From Jim, pronouns he and him, back in the 80s when we were young and full of hope. (laughs) Phil Graham and Lloyd Doggett faced off in a Senate race in Texas. We noticed at the time that both names made excellent swear words. (laughs) Phil Graham and Lloyd Doggett. Lloyd Doggett does for sure. Uh, Pet tax, Veronica, lineage unknown, and Olivia the Chihuahua. Olivia thinks she's the boss, but V-Dog knows better. Thanks for all you do. Oh. Veronica lineage unknown. I'm thinking Dalmatian like uh, healer. Chow chow. Uh, <laughs> uh, you're just making stuff up. <laughs> <Dalmatian>. <laughs> oh, right. One of these days, I'm gonna get a healer and a chow chow and one of those black mouthed curs that That's keep right. popping up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a dog. <laughs> You're going to make a dog. All right. This next one's from Anonymous Pronouns He and Him. This is for the Misheard Lyrics feature, and it's very good. Oh, and it's very good news. My mother no longer owns her vinyl version of this LP, alas, but when I was six or seven years old, I remember hearing a song that I was quite certain was about violations of one's civil, civic duty. I heard the chorus as, stop in the name of before you break the law. That's what he heard. Think it over. And he said, in the name of what? 
the principle being violated was so sacred that the singer couldn't even bring themselves to utter it. Stop! In the name of all before you <laughs> this is so funny that you had a whole story in your head that the singer couldn't even say their name because it didn't want to violate their rights. Oh my, oh my God, that's so great. Yeah, I used to think the Bee Gees lived in my house. Uh, I know this isn't the Bee Gees, but along those separate lines, I used to think the Bee Gees, the, all three of them were in my house and they were always behind me. And, and every time I turned around, they, they would move too quick for me to see them. <laughs> and they were always... <laughs> always behind me oh i love the stories we tell ourselves <laughs> next up from Kristen, pronouns she and her i have two pieces of good news friday the 7th will be two weeks since i got my second vaccine Woo-hoo! not only that but both my parents have now gotten both of their vaccines i am so thankful that they will continue to be healthy and hopefully with me for a long time to contribute to the find my cat game i submit a couple of pictures first is nick <laughs> He was helping me do a puzzle and then suddenly disappeared. Oh. His sister his sister Maddie is missing too. Your hint to find her is that she has white peats. Oh. They both think they're great at hide and seek and I don't want to disappoint them with the truth. Also, I've included a third picture of them cuddling so you can see how gorgeous they are. Okay, I see the one in the puzzle picture. Oh, there's a peat. Oh, there's a peat. Oh, look at these pretties. Look at the babies. They are beautiful. They really are. Man, I'm becoming a cat person. (laughs) Screw you guys. Okay. This next one's from Tammy Ray. Pronoun she and her. A helpful thought, perhaps. I think that was a really nice way of saying a correction. Okay. Tammy Ray. (laughs) A helpful thought, perhaps. Every time I hear you talk about cheering for Liz Cheney lately, even though she's awful, I think about this metaphorical phrase. Even a broken clock is right twice a day. She is a broken clock. (laughs) I would agree, Tammy Ray. I would agree. Here's a picture of Blossoming Plum Tree with a haiku. We actually saw a squirrel belly flop out of it. Oh. Okay. Here's the haiku. Ready? Yep. You want to? Okay. She dances with blooms. Petals flutter to the ground. Squirrel belly flops. (laughs) And sticks the landing. (laughs) That's a good ending. (laughs) That was a good ending. Plop. Well, and that's a beautiful tree. That's a really interesting, the way that it's shaped. Yeah. Interesting perspective. I really like that. And then up to, you got all those sharp angles on the branches, the thinner ones at at the top, but it looks sort of like a woman dancing. Look at you. See what I mean? Okay. All right, everyone. Thank you for sending these in. Again, if you have anything you want to contribute, please do so. Just head to dailybeanspod.com and click on contact, and we will read it on the air. And you just let us know if you want to remain anonymous, and you can include your pronouns if you like. And uh, do you have anything uh, to, to share before we get out of here? I do. Yeah. I do. I have my good news. Mama Goldberg, who got vaccinated in January, very early on in Albuquerque, New Mexico, uh, is finally coming to see me in June. She booked her ticket, so I will have my mom here uh, for five days in June. I'm stoked. Oh, that's so great. I'm so happy. Yep. Woohoo! Yay. June's going to be good. June's going to be good. Uh, May's great. June's going to be even better, and I think it's just going to keep getting better. Uh, until 2022, and then we'll see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> and then we need to get the fucking midterms. Okay. I know. That's what I'm talking about. No, specifically, I know. is that goddamn midterm election that the incumbent always loses. Mm. All right. Not this year. We didn't in 2018. Oh, we weren't We were, We were. weren't the incumbents. Yeah, we were. We won. Oh, that's no, no, what's no, supposed the, to the happen. White House. Just, you know White what? House Just forget me. Just don't listen to me right now. For God's sakes, we should have ended this episode 15 seconds ago. <laughs> Ha <laughs> <laughs> 
I, now that I've done this podcasting gig for so long, I really wish that I could edit live conversations with humans. Uh, it's just, I can't do it. All right, everybody. Until tomorrow, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. And take care of your mental health. I've been AG. And I've been DG. <laughs> Them's the beans. The Daily Beans is directed, written, and hosted by executive producer Allison Gill and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell and Starburns Audio. Staff writers include Dana Goldberg, Amy Carrero, and Allison Gill. Our copy is written by Jesse Egan, and our marketing manager, executive assistant, and social media director is Kanai. Fact-checking and research by Allison Gill, Dana Goldberg, and Amy Carrero. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder of Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com. <laughs>